Good afternoon and welcome to the business community on Calon FM. Welcome to the business community on Calon FM with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Our topical discussion this week, as you might expect, is related to Monday's autumn statement. Uh, it's not a surprise, that is it's it. It's not a surprise. Yeah. I mean, we we had to talk about it, didn't we? Um, and whatever you think about it, it it's varied. It was a varied statement and there were lots of things um, relevant to business and relevant just to the world uh, in general. Uh, So Tracy and I, we decided that what we'd do is we'd have a look and we'd each take our personal picks from the um, smorgasbord that um, is the autumn budget statement. And I... uh, Well, you make it sound tasty and exciting. Really? But it is quite... (laughs) It's interesting, isn't it? Because there's so much in it. Yeah. And... I think that, you know, it means so it means different things to so many people. So I I'm involved with Oswestry Bid, Oswestry Business Improvement District. So I was looking at, OK, what what am I going to be talking to members about over the next few months as, as we meet? And the biggie is the £675 million high street fund that has been ring-fenced. And that sounds like a lot of money. Uh, But when you start to look at how much it is in reality, if local councils matched that, so say every local council... um, took took their share of the 675 million and matched it um it would only equate to a hundred thousand pounds per high street wow so actually it sounds like a huge pot of money but when you start and certainly as as part of bid when we start to look at things that we might do to um re-energize the high street hundred thousand pounds isn't going to go very far and that's dependent on local councils getting involved which you would hope they would but if they don't then it's fifty thousand pounds per high street Hmm. and whilst i don't want to sound ungrateful you know it's it's better than nothing it's not going to totally change the way that the high street works the high street is a moving feast it's 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 evolving i I feel that that there's a big paradigm shift come in the, the way that we think about high streets and and the way that we use them it, it's changing isn't it? and, and that's got to happen I don't think it'll happen overnight and it certainly won't happen with a hundred thousand pounds behind it no it won't and but I think that my concern is that people will see that as the, the you know the answer the stick not the sticking plaster but the cure and I don't think it will be uh, I think it will help uh, and then when you you couple that with um the business rate relief that has been awarded to um, businesses with a, a less than £51,000 rateable value, it seems that that will benefit independent shops, which is fantastic, um, the small shops. But, you know, those medium-sized ones where, you know, they've expanded or the larger organisations, the benefit for them is going to be is, is going to be minimal. So, great for independents, but if, you're, if you've just taken it to the next level... It, limited benefit for you but the the more controversial um, item that I picked up on uh, and this impacts on the high street and again it's not going to fix the high street is the digital services tax this two percent tax which seems to be aimed at the the you know the Googles and the Amazons yeah, and a, Facebooks it's more of the global companies isn't it so I, I read that it was aimed at companies with global sales of more than 500 million which is big it, Reasonably yep. big, yep. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But they've and also got the loudest voices as well. Yes, and so it's 
you know, and, and to be perfectly honest, and let's not even get into the whole conversation about payment of taxes, because that's, <laughs> that's a whole nother ball game. But, you know, that 2%, that's fine. But what's going to happen with that 2%? And, and is it going to be invested back into business communities? And so we're in a whole, you know, Yes, that's a way of, of capturing money. And the, and, and the USA have already issued a statement to say that, you know, they're not very happy about the UK um, leading on this, even though it's 2020, I think, when it will, um, it's aimed to come into effect. Uh, so, you know, we've potentially we've fallen out with the US a little bit over this because I think maybe they wanted to be um, championing this, this, this way of thinking and we've, we've jumped in first. So that's what I... That's what I took from it. So I think there's something in there, but it's not as amazing as it perhaps sounded on the face of it. What did you get, Tracy? One of the things that I really noticed is that um, there are things that make the headlines and then there are the more interesting things yeah. that you, yeah. you barely read about. And you really have to dig to see some of the detail that's in there. But obviously the headlines are um, that the um, the basic rate of income tax and, and the personal allowance that you're allowed is currently 11,850 and from April next year they're changing that to 12,500 um, pounds and that's happening um, a year earlier than was originally planned and the high rate of tax which starts to be paid at 46,350 pounds at the moment will start um, at 50,000 pounds from April so that's all good news for income tax but as um as I found out, the changes in national insurance can virtually wipe out the gains for those higher rate taxpayers anyway. So um, give us one hand, take with the other. Yes. But digging behind the headlines, there's a few things that, that just weren't mentioned, that weren't actually spoken about in the budget. And one was um, about a pilot that they're going to be running or, or investigating no interest loans for people with debt problems now this this came as a surprise to me so I, I do some work with a credit union and uh, I saw uh, I, I read a little article about it and sent it around to all the other um, volunteers of the credit union and nobody had actually heard about this so it's something we need to do a bit more research in but clearly it, it's a it's an interesting move to to help people with um, high cost credit that, that's causing so many debt issues at the moment um other things I picked up, um, a new centre of excellence is going to manage existing deals, in quotes, in the taxpayer's interest. Ooh. I'm intrigued by that whole that sentence. What means. Yes. Yeah. Existing deals in the taxpayer's interest. Mm. I have no idea no. what that is. A centre of excellence. There's just so yeah. much about that yeah. sentence yeah. that I want yeah. to know more about. Yeah. Um, contribution of small co companies to the apprenticeship levy is going to be reduced from 10% to 5%. Um, business rate bills going down um, if you've got a rateable value of £51,000 or less. And I like this one. A new 100% mandatory business rate relief for all lavatories made available for public use. I saw that. So you pick up on that one, did yes. you? Yes, <laughs> but but I, I guess that that doesn't mean that if you've got a shop and you say uh, toilet available for public use, I think I don't think that's going to negate <laughs> you from paying tax. I may, maybe uh, right. just for that small that section pro, of, yeah, of pro your building. Rata. Yeah, I, I really don't know. So the, these little snippets... There's going to be a lot of portaloos yeah. being bought, I reckon. <laughs> I want a bit more detail on these. And the other big thing that I think um, our listeners might be interested in is the way that they're really focusing now on self-employment. 
and this whole sense that self-employment status and personal services companies um, really should be paying more tax and national insurance. So be prepared over the next few months, years, if you, if you do um, run a company, a self-employed or as a personal service company, that it does seem to be that you're going to be targeted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're looking uh, to make changes over the next few years. Most people who've commented on this from the business world um, see it as a, a raid on the self-employed. Um, so another one to watch really there. Um, I think self-employed people get so few of the benefits. And all of the risk. Yeah, and, and they reduce the uh, um, the unemployment numbers by being self-employed. Uh, hitting them to get them to pay more tax and national insurance when they're probably already paying as much as they mm. possibly can. I think it's a bit of a dodgy ground. But and it's a massive percentage of yeah. the working and um, I, and community. And I think some, some of the campaigning organisations that are out there for small businesses, are really, they'll have some work to do yeah. on this one. Yeah. So in this part of the show, we look at events that are taking place um, that might interest anybody involved in business um, in and around the Wrexham area and around the UK. I think one of these days we're going to have to come up with a global one and then find a reason to go to it to fly to the bahamas for For an international conference of some sort absolutely okay um so i'm starting off uh, with a mention of small business saturday that's coming up on saturday of course the first of december and i went onto their website which is smallbusinesssaturdayuk.com and just to get a little bit of information about how you can get involved and I, i looked at it from um the point of view of being a small business They do have some guides on how to get the most out of Small Business Saturday if you're a customer, if you're a local authority or if you run a small business network. But if you want to get involved as a small business um, and here they're talking about family businesses, local shops, online businesses, wholesalers, wholesalers, business services or small manufacturers, then they're encouraging you to get yourself registered. And you can advertise your business on the Small Business Finder for free. And I went on there and I typed in my location and I could see all of the businesses in Wrexham that had registered. Oh. Um, so that that's quite useful. Um, you can download the logos for, for Small Business Saturday to use on your website or your media. And again, you have to have registered to do that. There is a marketing pack that you can download. Um, you can print or use it digitally. And then they've also got um, social media channels, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And they're inviting you to um, connect with them on there. If you mention Small Business Saturday, you probably get a retweet and it's that sort of, if you use the, the right hashtags, then everybody that's involved in the events will probably give you a retweet, and, a retweet and that's a good way to get your message out. And one of the things that I found out while I was doing this research was the origins of Small Business Saturday. Um, it was originally founded by none other than American Express. That took me by surprise. Yeah. I don't know why, but it did. Um, and it was founded in... Um, the US in 2010 and it is still one of the principal supporters of the campaign in the UK and the reason being um, American Express say that it's part of their ongoing commitment to encourage consumers to shop small presumably using American Express credit card I don't know Um, so but they they don't flaunt their presence very much I I went on to their supporters page just to find out 
uh, you know, who who's actually involved. And there are a number of other organisations that, that sponsor parts of it and are involved in it, um, FSB being one of them that's very heavily involved. Um, but, yeah, American Express, who knew? Mm, I didn't. So then that led me on to looking at FSB and it just so happens, at perfect timing here, the FSB Small Business Awards for 2019 are now open. And the, the closing dates for entries start from the 7th of December with the Northwest region and they go all the way through to the 8th of March, which is the closing date for London. So if you're in the Northwest, you need to get your entry in before the 7th of December. If you're in Wales, you need to get your entry in by the 8th of February and there are a number of different categories which all look um, like real good options that you could go for to really specify and help to define what your business is about so there's the international business of the year ethical stroke green business business and product innovation award micro business of the year startup business of the year scale up business of the year family business of the year Young Entrepreneur of the Year, which means under 30, Employer of the Year, Community Business of the Year Award and a Digital Innovation Award. So what you need to do, you have to register your details and then once you've registered, you'll be able to go and start putting your entry in and you can leave it on there and you don't have to submit it until you're happy with it. So you can go back and edit the entry, which I think is a nice touch because sometimes you're into these things and then you see that they're asking you for statements and huge paragraphs on things that you really need time to think about. Well, it looks like you can do that on here. Um, And there's a hints and tips document and frequently asked questions, which seems to be well populated so it's worth taking a look the website that you need to go to is fsbawards.co.uk and we will put the link for that and for small business saturday uk on our website which is the business.community heather what have you got i've got some some events um through the month of november um the first one is an event that's being run by natwest i keep hearing lots of stories about um, cybersecurity, and in particular, there seems to be a spate of emails coming through where um, purporting to be from businesses that you might owe money to, saying that they've changed their bank details. I know this is a real concern. I was speaking to a lady from Barclays the other day about this. So this is at uh, Abode Chester on Monday, the nineteenth of November. It's from nine till eleven. It's a free event, and it's talking. Um, uh, about cybersecurity, and the speaker is um, a lady called Jenny Williams, who is a cyber protection officer within the Northwest Regional Organised Crime Unit. So she'll know she'll know her stuff without a doubt. So there's that one. Next up on the twenty second of November, we've talked about well-being. Um, And this is what is mental toughness. So thinking about employee well-being, it's another free event. Um, It's Thursday the 22nd from 8.30 till 11am at College Cambria. Uh, And it uh, looks at understanding mental toughness, um, why it's important in business and how um, 
the different the four components that make up mental toughness apply to your employees so that i thought looked like a really interesting one um oswald street my my hometown thursday the 22nd from 10 30 till 12 30 at the wednesday hotel this is um organized by uh, the local press it's your digital world looking at um getting your website in order multi-channel marketing online display and social media, amongst other things. And finally, on the 28th of November, which is a Wednesday, this is a paid-for event, but it's it's £20. This is uh, at... It's in Birkenhead. It's organised by the Wirral Chamber of Commerce, I think. So if you're a member, then it's free. Uh, but otherwise, it's £20 plus fat. And this is called In Business, Your Business Health Check. And this is this has got a, an array of speakers who are looking at making sure that you are not leaving yourself vulnerable in any way, shape or form. Uh, details of all of these events will be on our website, thebusiness.community. Well, I'm pleased to say that this week's review is about a book which I absolutely loved. Um, In contrast to last week, and I do apologise, it's very out of character for me to be so bold as to be so (laughs) opinionated, uh, particularly about a book. um, But I do acknowledge uh, everybody I've said it to went, I love that book. I I didn't mean to offend Personally, I didn't like it. You're welcome to your own opinion. And you're entitled to yours. Yes, that's right. Um, it's it's still on my bookcase. I haven't burnt it or anything. It's just I'm not <laughs> I'm not planning to carry on reading it. But this one was a delight, and it was a complete surprise as well. Um, it popped in uh, an email from Amazon about your Prime membership. You can get these free books, and I, I I sort of know this, but in the back of my head, but I, I do actually rely on those emails that come in occasionally to say, by the way, you know, you pay for Prime membership, why don't you actually use mm. some of this stuff? And it was um, a link to a number of books and magazines that you could read for free. Um, and this one was called um, TED Talks Storytelling by Akash Karia. Karia? Karia? We don't know. K-A-R-I-A. We're pretty sure it's Akash. Yep. And um, obviously you've heard me and Heather talk about TED Talks an awful lot. Even when we're reviewing another book, we found a reason to go on TED to find out about it. We're talking about a guru. Of course, we look for them on TED Talks. So this was a book which was about providing advice and guidance on how to do a a great speech or talk or or even deliver any message really using some of the lessons that you can learn from watching some great TED Talks and it was absolutely lovely it wasn't it's not a huge book now I've only got it on Kindle but even then I can tell it's quite a small book on Kindle um as I think I'd quite like to see what it looked like as a hard copy, but I suspect it would be quite small. But also, if it was mine, I'd probably be writing in it a lot mm. as well because it, was, it it just sparked off lots of thoughts in my head. So I, I'm probably going to start by saying he's referenced a number of TED Talks and all but one of them I'd already seen and already loved them. So we might have talked about a few of these in the past, 
um, The Power of Introverts by Susan Cain, Why Domestic Violence Victims Don't Leave by Leslie Morgan Steiner, Choice Happiness and Spaghetti Sauce by one of our former gurus, Malcolm Gladwell, uh, Learning from Dirty Jobs by Mike Rowe. I hadn't seen this one before, but it's an absolute delight and I can highly recommend it to everybody. Um, Stroke of Insight by Jill Bolt-Taylor, How Schools Kill Creativity by uh, Ken Robinson, again, another Mm -hmm. former guru. How to Get Your Ideas Spread by Seth Godin, again, another um, former guru. And Your Body Language Shapes Who You Are, an absolute classic by Amy Cuddy. And what he does is he... He sort of uses each of these as a case study and picking out examples of why um, why why it's good, why why they've delivered really well, and in some cases, points out where actually they fell a bit flat. So in one of the case studies he looks like looks at, he said, actually they didn't end that brilliantly. This was great, this was great, but mm, where, where's the the key message in that? And so each chapter is dedicated to a, a little bit of advice, which starts essentially by. Um, going through um, the speeches. So chapter one, the magic ingredient in in delivering a great TED talk and how to start and the surprising element that makes a story irresistible, how to bring your characters to life, how to create mental motion pictures for your audience. Um, Now, that one, I have to say, if if you want mental motion pictures, (laughs) learning from Dirty Jobs by Mike Rowe. Wow, the the mental pictures that uh, that um, that gave me as I was listening to the talk. As a woman, it made me cringe. But he's talking about castrating lambs. But the images that um, well, they never leave your mind. Yes, <laughs> I, I would imagine if if um, you're a gentleman, you might you might create some other images with that. It, it was. It was the one that I hadn't seen. I went and watched it, and I was absolutely delighted with it as well. But everything that he picked up, I just, yeah, that's, that's really good. He didn't pad out the book, hence why it's probably quite small. Um, and every single chapter had something of real value. Not just that, he references all the talks in detail. Um, there's some bonus content where he actually goes through a whole talk by Seth Godin and, and breaks it down in detail, which I think, you know, is real quality and shows the skill of the writer, actually, that he's able to do this. Uh, you know, sometimes you might look at a TED Talk and go, I love that. I don't know why, but I absolutely love that. Um, and he's generous as well with his free gifts. So he's, he's given away um, access to... Um, e-courses on storytelling, uh, e-books on how to create captivating speech openings, um, top three humour techniques, a PDF guide, and they're all here, absolutely free resources um, to download from his website. So absolutely loved it, can highly recommend it. Heather, tell me you liked it too. I loved it, I loved it. And people listening might be thinking, well, I ain't never gonna be giving a TED talk, But so much of what he says applies to every conversation that you might have, particularly if you are pitching for business, if you're trying to influence or persuade somebody. And so I just took a few of the headings, and this is specifically when he's looking at the Seth Godin um, TED Talk, which is a TED Talk called How to Get Your Ideas to Spread. And um, so he says... Uh, build curiosity with your opening. So as you might do in a conversation, imagine you're sitting across from a potential new client. Okay, you know, you've got to say, you've got to open with something that's interesting. Then implicitly promise value. 
So that's got to be part of what you're saying all the time. Just demonstrate it. You don't need to say quality and value and all, but it's got to just be implied in what you're saying. Uh, tell stories. Keep your audience engaged with stories. So give examples of where you've, where people have bought your product before, used your product before. Um, use conversational language. Cut away from the jargon. We know that. Um, Make your talk relevant to your audience. So think about how it maps onto the the individual that you're that you're talking to. Uh, use the magic word you, and talk about we, so that now it's it's what's important to you as the customer. That's what you're saying. But then we do this and we do that. So it's very inclusive, um, and very very powerful. And then highlight the problem before you offer the solution. So, you know, find out what the problem is. Don't decide what the problem is and then try and sell the solution. Find out what the actual issue is. And I think that those key things st will stand anybody, whether you're whether you're selling coffee or whether you're selling um, aerospace products. It's it, it, it's 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 a rule of thumb that will stand you in really good stead. I love I loved the book. Uh, I wish I'd written it. <laughs> you know, it's one of those books. It's like, blimey. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and, and what he's, he's not doing, he's not saying, look, um, this is my thoughts, this is my idea, this is, you know, something I've made up and I'm, I'm going to preach the gospel on this one. He's actually, look, this is what the experts are doing. This is a great talk. Let's break it down. Let's find out. And um, I think you can sum it up, the the whole book, by saying that, now, he says all great TED speakers, and as you say, all great TED speakers, but it might be that you've got to stand up and do a, a quick pitch at a networking meeting. Yeah. It might be that you've just got to run a, a training exercise at work or something like that. And I think all of these apply, even if you, the, you know, break it down into the one hour meeting you've got at work. And what they've all got in common is that you they tell a story, they're, they're, they're mastering the story. One of the things that really chimed with, with me was quite early on in the book is that grabbing your audience's attention within the first 30 seconds I've heard that so many times with networking and you know you, you go work and walk into a room and people's first impressions of you and it's the same with you know if you're standing up in front of an audience is it's that if you don't get them within the first 30 seconds then you're, never you know, gonna get you're them. probably not going to get mm. them back. Mm. And he talks about opening with a story using the example of Susan Cain on The Power of Introverts. She starts off with a story about going off to summer camp, but she paints this story. She doesn't even introduce herself. He makes a very good point is that the host should have introduced you. Yeah. You don't need to stand up and say, hello, I'm Tracy and I'm going to tell you about this and the result of this will be this. She just launches off saying that she went to summer camp. And, you know, you might think originally, oh, well, what's what's this got to do with the story and where's this relevant? But as soon as you start thinking those things, then you're hooked. You're engaged because you're trying to work out what the connection is between her going to summer camp at nine and you being in a hall listening to her speaking. So um, the best way to thank your audience rather than saying thank you for being here is, is to actually provide him with something interesting to listen to. I, I love that little sentence in his book. Thank your audience. You know, the gratitude is that you've actually prepared a really engaging, interesting and involving talk. Mm. So, Heather, would you use this practically yourself? Was there anything in there where you thought, you know, well, I I'd never thought of that? Because you are a great communicator. You teach communication. And so most of this you've probably already 
woven in. I, I already remember having some coaching off you on, on communication techniques and it was about telling the story. What was it about this book that that was so pleasing for you that you didn't already know? Well, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know it all. And, and I also... Um, I'm aware of you know things that I forget or things that I've stopped doing. What I like about this book is that it is very clear. It applies to communication in general. You don't need to be given a TED talk. I'd love to give a TED talk. Of course I would. Um, but it, it's just really well structured. It's really well written. You know, it's easy to read. Sometimes you pick up a book and you just think, OK, I really want to read this book, but I'm, I'm really struggling. And I think that... Um, the way that he structured it and the giveaways that he's giving and, as you say, the way that he backs up everything that he says. But but one thing that um, really resonated with me is when you think about storytelling, the group of people who are really, really good at this are comedians. Yes. A really good comedian who you are prepared to s- sit and watch for the, the whole duration of their joke, their story, it's always a story. And, and there's sometimes stories nested exactly, within stories as exactly. well. That's the craft of that. Exactly. Even if, you know, it, it's they start off with something and then they sort of say, but I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm going to tell you about this. And then that links up. And, th- and then in the end, you come full circle. And actually, a good sales pitch, a good talk, a good comedian they should take you full circle and there should be a neat ending. You shouldn't be left going, okay, so what? And I think that's what he... he yeah, he talks about the wrap-up as well. Yes, yeah. He takes you through the whole... Yeah, because you yeah. don't want to hear something and then go, that was great, but what does it mean to me? <laughs> you know, so, I, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, it's good. So, so Thank the, you for recommending it. Yeah, um, it was my pleasure. Absolutely. It's called TED Talk Storytelling. 23 Storytelling Techniques from the Best TED Talks and the author is Akash Karia. When we feature business gurus or motivational speakers or people who inspire us, so often they're people who have fairly recently learned, uh, achieved that accolade. But who we're talking about today is, it's a name that you probably will have seen attached to lots of quotes about positivity. Lots of quotes. Lots and Didn't lots. Didn't struggle to find a no, quote this you, week. In fact, it's very difficult to hone in on one. We're talking about Zig Ziglar. Um, he was an American, well, salesman, really. Um, he was born in 1926 and he was a motivational speaker in the days before motivational speakers existed. He was a member in 1963 of the um, the American Sales Masters um, organization. Yeah, it seems to me like the the speaking and the and the salesman role were, were wrapped into one with his career. Yes, yes, certainly, because he, he essentially he would speak at conferences and at events guiding salesmen and women, although I imagine it was mostly salesmen in 1963, um, uh, through the National Association of Sales Executives on how to sell. In 1982, he wrote a book called The Secrets of Closing the Sale. And he did bring himself up to date in 2001. Uh, He wrote Network Marketing for Dummies. So he did keep himself abreast of um, changing uh, changes in the way that things are sold. He died in 2012. uh, But he 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 talks at length about what people you know, what matters to people and how you then use what matters to them uh, to sell to them. And he he. He basically says, and this is something that I believe through and through, 
everyone is in sales, whether you're selling a product, idea, support of a cause, or getting your child to eat greens. You, we, you are always selling. We are always selling. The point at which we meet somebody, we are selling ourselves. Um, and he, he goes on to say, people will forget price, but they'll never forget poor quality or a poor choice. Um, and they generally blame the salesperson for that. So, you know, get it wrong and um, and it sticks. And I th- that is so true because so often you'll say to somebody, this is nice or that's nice or what about this or where did you get? And they'll say, oh, how much was it? Oh, I can't remember. 300 quid, something like that. You know, they won't say it was £299.99. Um, it wasn't, an, or they'll say it wasn't much. But that if they've bought something and it was a total waste of money, they will say it was 299 quid and, it, it, you know, it's worth, you know, next to nothing. So he comes up with some really good rules and, and things to just keep in mind when you're uh, selling. Uh, yeah, uh, he's, he's, I didn't find out that much about the man. He, he was difficult yeah. to find out about him, wasn't it, Tracy? I I came away thinking that Zig Ziglar was more of a concept than the man. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually born Hilary Hinton Ziglar, known as Zig Ziglar. But when when you do searches for Zig Ziglar, it is very much about the ideas and the books and the the talks that he did. Yeah, and not very much about the man himself. Mm-hmm. And you, if you go to the uh, Ziglar dot com website, there's very little about Zig there. Yeah, in, it's all about. Yeah, his son and the team that now run uh, the Ziggler, Zig Ziglar Corporation, um, you know, the, there's a lot about them. But Zig himself is, is, is almost a mythical character. It's like a concept, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just an idea. And um, so, yeah, he's described in most places as a salesman, a motivational speaker and an author um, in a, in another place. They, they um, described the fact that he um, he weaves in his beliefs his christian beliefs yes. into his talking and you know that he he's uh, from what i saw it it didn't impinge too greatly but if you didn't like that style it wasn't wasn't going to be for you and also the thing that i picked up is that the way that he talks about sales does seem to be set in a particular period so one of the early books um which is called See You at the Top, was written in 1975. Um, and the one that's um, considered, um, uh, you know, sort of a handbook for um, sales people um, is it, it's full of really useful tips. So, so secrets of closing the sale. It, it's actually got persuasion techniques, which again seem a little bit outdated. Um, but I, th- I do think that they have influenced the way that um, salesmanship, saleswomanship has changed over the years. Um, and I, I was just thinking about this and then I, I came across an article that said, you know, perhaps you want to read Daniel Pink uh, to sell as human instead. So, uh, and the two are equally valid, but set in very different times and I think if you if you read Zig Ziglar's stuff in the context of today without seeing when it was when it was written and you know in the time you might feel that it's a bit outdated but I I do believe that there are things that you can take from it and um, Seth Godin actually chose um, that book uh, Secrets of Closing the Sale as one of the seven audiobooks that will change your life Um, he said he's listened to the audiobook so many times 
that he, he wore out the cassettes. Wow. So it must, must have been a few <laughs> years ago. And he had to order a new set. And, and he focuses on the lessons on goal setting and motivation and closing a, de- a, a deal. Um, and Seth said he's your grandfather and my grandfather. He's Tony Robbins' grandfather. And if it w- wasn't for Zig, none of us would be here. So it, he really did start something which has now evolved. And yes, you may prefer a book like To Sell as Human, but it started with Zig. Yes, he was there. Yeah, he was there. Back, you know, when it wasn't even a thing, it he was at the birth of motivational speaking and 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 this whole concept. I think um, there's no shortage of quotes no. from this can gentleman. I, can I do two? Go on then. Can I? Um, the first one is a funny one, but I I really like this one. Um, people often say that motivation doesn't last, but neither does bathing, which is why we recommend it daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good, very good. Uh, and my other one, um, the, the more serious one, um, is lack of direction, not lack of time is the problem. We all have 24-hour days. Yeah, that is that is so true. Uh, it's really difficult to pick one. But I went for a lot of people have gone further than they thought they could because someone else thought they could. And I think we've all been given a break. We've all been given a chance at some time. And if you give people opportunity, they will usually rise to it. And I just think that's that's I think that's a really powerful one. That's a lovely way to end the show as well. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week with the business community on Calon FM. You've been listening to The Business Community with me, Heather Noble. And me, Tracy Jones. Join us next week for more news, views and reviews from the world of business.